When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we are live, 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 live. Johnny and Matt and Pedro are here talking to you. We're all wearing similar colors today, guys. Relying. Gray, a bit drab. Unlike the performance, which was uh, a bit brighter than that, right? Yeah, I'd say this is... More greeny, it's hard to green, like yeah. slightly pukey. Yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> maybe. That's uh, that's descriptive. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I I do like a bit of green when it comes to um my attire and color coding. Hey, what, what would you say uh, for you guys is the color that you most wear? You know, because we're fashionistas like that. What's the color that you you would wear the most? Red and white, mate. <laughs> We've got a whole host of away kits, Matt, that you could have picked. Pink. Pink, okay. Well, yeah, I wear a lot of black. Black, okay. Channel, channel my inner New Yorker. Yeah, the little black dress. Yeah. Little black Sounds dress. <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Lads, let's stop talking about fashion for just two seconds. Uh, we've just beaten Sevilla in the Champions League. There's a masterclass out there today, right? I mean, that was a that was like a real professional, no drama, breezy performance. How are we feeling? Yeah, it's lovely, really good. Um, needed that. We've got a lot to talk about anyway. To be fair, some really interesting performances, which by all rights will. Um, what we need is players to step up and give the manager things to think about, give him options. And I thought there were a few options that were given today, which is the you know the least we could expect. So well done, well done to Arsenal, great performance, Matt. Yeah, I don't want to give anything. Don't want to give anything away before the hottest of takes. But it oh was, oh, um, oh okay, all right. Well, don't oh, ask sorry, that question then, was... and we'll just quick the button. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am joined by a man like Matt Candela, Johnny Cochran. We're on a Champions League Wednesday. It's late at night in the UK, but don't worry. We're here to talk about all the gloriousness that just happened at the Emirates Stadium. Johnny and Matt, how are you feeling right now? Feeling yeah. good. Yeah, Feeling pretty, good, right? After, after Saturday, there was uh, uh, we were feeling a bit glum, feeling a bit sorry for ourselves. Licking the wounds, um, real disgraceful uh, decisions were on Saturday. But this was this was we turned the page tonight. Johnny, are you sitting there with a pint of sangria? 
screaming about what just happened? I'm definitely not. No, mate. Much more. Uh, well, it's a I'm home sick. fixture anyway. I've had my Heineken Zero, and, and and that's where we'll leave it. Quite frankly, no sangrias. Um, yeah, no, mate, mate. As Matt said, like it's great. We obviously all felt a little bit aggrieved by an extremely difficult result on the weekend, but. Part of what it is as well is you've got to remember that the different competitions require different performances and results. And that was a proper Champions League performance. We've taken control of the group. And, you know, it, yeah, the, the mood is elevated. Why wouldn't it be? Indeed. And before we get started, um, I like to serve a palate cleanser to our audience. Um Manchester United have just lost 4-3 to Copenhagen. Uh, swill that about your mouth. Let's freshen up. Absorb it. You're feeling good? Fantastic. Okay, there's a little tradition that we like in this show, and it's called... Hottest of Takes. Hottest of Takes. Three hottest of Takes. The AOP. Hottest of Takes. Make it spicy. It's hard to get too spicy after an easy win like that, but Johnny Cochran, I'm going to go to you today for the hottest of Takes. What you got for me? Well, you went there, but there was there, there was um, you know no issues with um, laying out the table for it. United have lost. United, and and this isn't you know it's an Arsenal podcast, but there are also moments where it's good to take stock of other people's lot, how they're getting on, to truly appreciate where we are. We're back in the Champions League for the first time in years. How are you going to look? Well, Sevilla, big European pedigree. They've been put to they've been fed to the hounds. Both times, home and away, you don't want any piece of our Arsenal. We've terrorized them, terrorized their players. And I think that it's a really impressive way to re-announce ourselves back on the European, the Premier European stage, that we are here for big prizes. We're not here to piss around. We put a stranglehold on the group. And all you need to do is look around the uh, Premier League at another team, Man United in there, to see how badly it could go if you didn't have the right leadership. Maybe you were there a year too early. We are back in the Champions League and we mean business. Fantastic stuff. Matt, you don't have the flu, but you did run a marathon and I can feel the smugness from here. Where are you going to take your hottest of takes today? My, uh, This is a spicy one. Um, I was watching today's game and especially... Um, under the shadow of, of Saturday. And a crazy thought crossed my mind, and that might be that we may be better equipped to win the Champions League than we are the Premier League. And I'm thinking about the performances we've put in in the Champions League. I'd say our three best performances, potentially, of the season today, Sevilla away, and um, and, and the, opening, the opening game against Eindhoven. Um, and so when you look at it, there seems something... For so many years, we had a terrible relationship with the Champions League, but it seems like something's changed. Seems like the players want to make amends. Seems like we have a bit of extra space. Seems like we enjoy players playing teams that actually want to play. And when you think about how hard it is in the Premier League to go and win those games away from home against the top teams, I suddenly just looked at it and thought, a bit of luck, we could go all the way here. Um, and maybe this this competition is more built for who we are right now than the Premier League. I like that hot take. I like, And I, I think you're absolutely bang on. I don't think we're going to be good enough to beat Manchester City this season. I think we've had too many injuries too early in the season. I think we're going to have problems like adapting to both tournaments. 
But I, I feel like we're uniquely set up to deal some damage in the Champions League, mostly because our players are so young, they're naive. Like they, 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 that, that was like a, that was not the sort of performance you'd get from the Invincibles back in the day. Like they, they have got no respect for anybody out there. And I, um, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think the Champions League could be our best bet. You just got to avoid man. You got to avoid the English clubs. That's what, the biggest what, job, right? The, the difference is, and and I agree. I a couple of weeks ago, I think I was talking with you guys on the pod, and the atmosphere that was being given was like you guys didn't I didn't know if it was both of you or one of you but we weren't actually going to be ready to take the Champions League down and I was like no I think we've got a I think we've got a decent chance like I'm not saying we're going to win it but I expect us to be in and around the last four of this competition there aren't four other teams that scare me in this competition there aren't I think if we turn up and play our best football we're going to be a fucking problem. And the difference is, is the reason why I think that the Champions League is very, very, you know, it's probably more likely the Premier League. To do what we did last year to win the league, to get as far as we went towards winning the league, I should say, we basically needed to do that and then beat City, potentially home and away on top, but certainly once out of that. Now, we have already beaten them once this year, but we also then have to redo what we did last year, which was a spectacular season, 50 points halfway through. That's a tall order. But by beating Man City, we might not go and beat those other teams. But we might, all we might have to do that's difficult is beat City in this competition because they're the best team in Europe. So all you got to do is beat them once and knock them out and we might be able to win it. And until we get to them, we don't even have to, we shouldn't have to engage that hard to be beating the likes of, you know, lawns and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think we've got a decent shout. All right. Um, that was a spicy take, Matt, because we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about that. Great, great hot take. It's going to be hard to, um, to beat that one. I would say um, my hot take, which could end up being uh, in the mud very soon, but my hot take is that Arsenal struggling with goals this season. It's, um, you know, we do, I feel like we're a stronger team. I feel like we defend better I think we've put upgrades all over the pitch but I'm a little bit worried that the goal scoring output doesn't really seem to match the performances we're seeing at the moment now Newcastle at the weekend we absolutely dominated them Newcastle played like they were playing away from home it was like going up to Stoke and they just strang men behind the ball game but we couldn't find uh, an opening despite Newcastle and um, being so unambitious in front of goal they only had one corner they didn't have a single corner or game, which you know didn't get spoken about enough. And then tonight against Sevilla, it was absolute dominance all game, and we hit the target three times. And I felt like we had enough space, enough time, um, enough confidence on the ball, enough of our good players out there, and it's it's just starting to it's starting to become a bit of a worry. At the start of the season, you're like, oh, they're they're feeling they're feeling the team out a little bit you know not everybody knows how it's all working now we're in november it's november the 8th and it's still looking like goals aren't coming as freely as they should do and i don't really know what the solve is because it's not one player it's like saka's not quite been there kai havertz hasn't stepped up at all martin erdegaard's you know been in and around but maybe maybe it's just because we've got a lot of players injured what did you think about that guys what do you think i think it's going to come um i really do um Looking at it, it always just feels like we're very, very close to doing a bit more damage than we are. We'll get on to Kai Havertz, but I thought he could easily have had a couple of goals today. 
Um, so, and I just think we've had so many injuries. And I just get reminded, and I've said it before, and some people panned me for it, but a year ago we were saying Manchester City aren't the same team. We were. Yeah. And they were probably, what, three points behind us at the time or four points behind us going into the break uh, for the World Cup. And I feel like we're having a very, very similar season in that we're picking up points. We haven't been at our best. But I still stand by this. The only team that's deserved to beat us all season, potentially, was Chelsea. That was the only game where I thought we were lucky to not get beat. Everything else we should have won. We shouldn't have dropped any points at all. Maybe a draw against Newcastle. And so I think when you're in November and you haven't played a single team who's played better than you, you're going to have a good season. And when you think about all the injuries we've had and all the injuries that other teams are going to have, we are going to get them back and they are going to be fit. And so I'm I'm extremely optimistic about the second half of the season. I think we have to see it like building the foundations of a season now. That Champions League group stages is just about expending the least amount of energy to get through top of the group. And we're doing it. Premier League is about staying in contention three points to five points by March. That's all it is. Everything else. The the season starts in March. The season starts when the Champions League recommences. And I really feel like we've just got to get our heads around that rather than last season where every game felt like a cup final and look where it ended. We ended up burning out with 10 minutes, 10, 10 games to go. I mean, that is true, but obviously, you know, we've now added um, these big Champions League nights, which we're all excited about and enjoying. But, you know, there are no nights off in our group stages. In in the Europa League, we could, I know Arteta wouldn't always do it, but we could send out the B-teamers. In this, it's like you send out the B-teamers, you get beat, and all of a sudden you're in life and death trying to get a group. We've handled our business business very nicely and we put ourselves in the situation where, you know, and I do I do push back a little bit on some of the people and I think everyone's been guilty of saying this at times, that maybe, you know, have knocked Arteta for playing certain players in Europe when it's like the counter-argument to that is if we play them early enough, we earn ourselves a buy game because we're already through. And if we win our next game, the way that the group falls in the Champions League, if we win our next game at home, we're through and top of our group with a game to spare. And that's it. You've earned a game back. In that extra game, don't want to see anyone playing. Absolute. Well, I don't want to know, a, I don't want to know any players' names who, who, who start that game. And all of a sudden, you're in a situation where, you know, we're finding it more manageable. That's another way of, you know, interacting. I've got, I've got another spicy take, which is I think the Europa League was more tiring than the Champions League. Yeah. Like the, tra- the travel was crazy. Because everyone wants, no to, everyone wants to, be to play there. in the Champions League. No everyone one wants wanted to be, to be there. there. The and so it's yeah. tiring doing shit you don't want to do. And I felt like we were dragging our asses all over Europe to play games we didn't want to play. And because of that, we weren't getting good results. And because of that, you have that hangover that comes on. Whereas I feel like everyone's going to turn up at the training ground absolutely buzzing tomorrow even though we've played a superior team in a more elite competition and more players have put minutes in their legs. Agreed. Down with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Isn't it nice not having to play on Thursday nights as well? Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, let's move on to the first topic of the day. Kai Stocks High. The question. Uh, Kai Harvitz had a 
Very solid game against Newcastle. Won't accept any slander against that performance. Statistically, it was good. And even on the eye against a tough team like that, thought he was physically dominant. Uh, thought he was interlinking passes really nicely. Um, tonight, he's getting a lot of love in the comments. The goal isn't quite there, but is Kai starting to feel his way into the team? And are Arsenal fans starting to know what they're looking for in his performances? I'm going to go to you for this one, Matt, because your smile could not be larger. Well, I'd say... I mean, we've been critical of Kai. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's been impossible not to. We've said all we want is just something. All we want is Are you something. Choking on your opinion, here? and we and we didn't get we didn't get what we wanted, but we got like something. We got something that, if you squinted it, might have been just a little spark of an ember. And I think the positive is his last two games have been his best two games for Arsenal. So that's a positive. It feels a bit like that sort of Fabio Vieira sort of uptick in form earlier in the season. But what we're hoping is that it's the start of something more. It's 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 not negative. <laughs> is that fair? Johnny, uh Johnny Matt's delivering a critique like one of those hard to please dads that really actually doesn't like his child. Uh poor Kai Havertz is out in the cold, even though he's had a great performance. Do you agree with Matt? Do you think it's it's okay or barely 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 passing muster? What what do you think here? I mean, so my smile comes a little bit from the fact that I would separate them two. You kind of bundled in a two for one, and I don't agree with a two for one. I agree with the one. I don't think Kai was really good against Newcastle by any stretch. He was all right, but we've been served up a lot of all right this season, and at sixty five million, I want a little bit more at this stage. I thought this was a good game from Kai today. I thought he started to show a few things that it's it's just it's so devoid of confidence though. There are things that you just do and you're like, I believe he can get back to maybe being more natural. And 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 I do get it. Sometimes players can lose confidence and they look worse than what they are. So I hope that he gets there. But you know. All that we can do at this stage is applaud him for small steps. I honestly would hope to have seen more at this stage. I really would have. But it is what it is. This is what's happening. And I thought today he looked like... with the. It's weird. Sometimes you might argue that certain players, even though they're great players, might actually stifle other players. And I don't know whether Martin Erdegaard's injury and forcing Kai into playing where he's playing is actually kind of either forced him into taking more responsibility or he just finds himself in spaces that Erdegaard usually would be and he's the more dominant ball player. But the fact is, is we'll, we'll go with the positives. I do think that this was a bet, one of his better games. There was a shot that he had in the second half, just curled past the post. At one point, I was like, I need to see a replay because I don't know whether that's gone towards the corner flag or gone really close because I couldn't believe it. But it was whiskers away. And I'm going to take it that he is that close, the, the distance between that shot going in to hitting top form, and and I'll hang on to that. So we'll we'll give Kai some love for today at least. That was a that was a great effort, and I think we all sensed that if that had gone in, it could have been a bit like Dennis Burkamp when he like wrapped one in off the post against Southampton, and he was off to the races at North Bank um, back in 1996. Unfortunately, Dennis Burk- Fortunately for Dennis Burkep, his one went in off the post and it was a star. Unfortunately for Kai Harvard, it went wide of the post, which sort of sums up where he's at right now. But 
it is coming. It is coming. Looks better on the right. These, these, these reviews, guys, it's all a bit. It's all a bit Simon Cowell out here. It's like it's like pulling teeth. It's like it's unbelievable. I think Kai, Kai Harvard got pelters from from you guys against Newcastle, which was totally unfair. He didn't consider the context of the game at all. Newcastle, he didn't, he didn't get stringy. I don't think you were. I, I, I think I think you're being unkind. I think you two are attached to Kai not working out. Kai's going to come good. I think he's starting to uh, improve. I think, I think, and and this is jokes aside here. Uh, I, I did a podcast on my own last night, and it's great being on my own because no one can disagree. But I, I do think part of the problem with Kai is we don't really know what we're looking for. Like you're kind of looking at him, you're like, well, you were a striker, so you're dropping into midfield, so you'll still be brilliant in front of goal. Hopefully, you're probably going to be a lot more creative than Granite Jacker. When actually, what it seems we've been served up is granite jacker with a little bit more mobility right he's just faster and he's a little bit more aggressive than granite jacker and and that's it at the moment i think the bells and whistles might come at a later date but i think concerns that we had a few weeks ago were is he just going to be rubbish and i think that those concerns were unfounded i thought he had a solid performance against newcastle actually thought he was really good against newcastle thought he was good tonight he just needs a goal. He just needs a bit of confidence and then hopefully goes on a run. But really, for 65 million, we've got to be expecting 10 goals and 10 assists a season. Are we going to get there this season? Probably not. But I think um, I think he's doing a lot of work that maybe we're not giving him credit for. What will you What will you give us if he gets 10 goals and 10 assists? Give you. What will you give me? <laughs> what will you give me? I will yeah. give you. Uh, I'm going to give you. Uh, if 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 he gets uh, ten goals and ten assists, I will buy you that ladies away kit. Both. It's a nice kit. Stella nice. yeah, McCartney, don't kit. you know? All right. Um, let's move on to the next topic. One that we can agree on. Nelly Nightmare. You put Nelly Nightmare down in the, uh, in this uh, listing, Johnny, and I thought you meant that Nelly had a bad game, and I wasn't sure what I was watching. Um, but Johnny, Nelly Nightmare, what does it mean? Tell us about your thoughts on Gabriel Martinez's performance out there today. No, of course I didn't mean that um, Nelly had a nightmare. I um, have stayed off the crack, so uh, I'm not coming out of weirdness. The fact is, is that was an unbelievable game for me. And he was... He's back terrorising opposition fullbacks again. That was it. What was his name again? Josselu or whatever it was. Uh, the um, uh, uh, opposing fullback. Genuinely, there were uh, occasions where the camera would pan up on his face, and he looked shell shocked, scared, didn't want to be there. Martinelli was being so rude because at one point he was just picking the ball up, looking at him, and going, "I'm just, I'm just going to knock it past you, mate." And then I'm, we're both going to run to it, and you're going to be a couple of feet behind me, and I'm going to do it over and over again. And there were there were nightmares being had out there, and we've seen him do this to people. We know about Trent PTSD, still struggling. We know we know what he does to people. We know he is the hardest matchup. It certainly in the Premier League, I think for for a winger on his day, he's he's terrifying. The one thing you could argue, and I think this is why they balance each other out so well. The one thing you could always say about Martinelli, I do think he is the hardest matchup in terms of. If I was a fullback and I was one on one against someone, I'm like, if he's on form, this is going to be horrible because he's just going to run me over and over again. He's too fast. But Saka is much more end product 
and we had both things that were on. And I know we'll talk about Saka. So I do think that the way that Martinelli naturally gets to the next level is he does start to have more end, like final Im- impact. He's already scores well, he assists. But I think sky's the limit for his capabilities. He, he When you see this, you realise that he genuinely could be... He's already good, but he could be one of the scariest players in Europe and the world, like widely recognised. Um, and, you know, he could be lit, winning big, big trophies because of his talent. Matt Martinelli obviously had a great game tonight. I wondered if you had any historical parallels to players that you've seen in the past um, in, in his style and uh, perhaps his potential of where he could go as a player. I don't know. Um, I love seeing him face the defender. I love his ability to beat the defender. The amount of times I feel like he gets to the byline and then just knocks it into the defender, I do feel like that happens consistently. Um the inability to pick a pass at the end of it is just a little bit frustrating given all the hard work he's done to get there and all the energy he's expended to get there. Uh, his ability one-on-one versus a player, he doesn't run like him, but there's a bit of the chleb about him in the way that he can sort of, he's so good on the ball. He's got such close control and he's so good at facing up opposite defender. But, you know, Kleb looked like he was running around with a stick up his ass, and Martinelli is like a street footballer. So I think it's just really about how do we translate it into more end product. I think he got, what, 15 Premier League goals last season or something. He's going to need to get a move on if he's going to match that even. Because I think he's got one so far or two. Um, He missed a bit of chunk chunk with injury. Um, So, but, you know, we love him. It's the dream front three. Martinelli, Saka and Gabby Jesus when he's fit. And they've only played one game together this season. So all those people saying, you know, we're, we're lacking coherency, we're lacking attacking up, but let's wait till we've got everyone back. Because Gabby Jesus, I just saw the the impact that against Seville the last. I'd forgotten how good he was with that with that plucking the ball out and then the turn and then the pass for Martinelli and then the finish. You know, I think Martinelli plays better when Gabby Jesus is there. So um, yeah, the sky's the limit for for Martinelli. When he's on form, he's he has a, the right to be considered our best player. Um, I wouldn't put him there. I'd put him sort of fourth or so. But that shows what how good the squad has got. Yeah, great, great points. Agree with you on the cutback. He is, uh, he is a baby of Unai Emery. Remember cutback football back in the day? Uh, would be good if he could pick out some players. And it'd be good if that's... That, Strategy felt suited to some of the players that we had on the pitch at times. I wish he'd have, um, I wish he'd have more shots on goal. I think the the key for Martinelli for me is to stay fit for long periods of time and not drop out of the side. He does sort of intermittently have injuries here and there that slow his progress. But it was a good performance out there tonight. Um, he got the assist. So was it insist? He did get the assist for Saka, right? Yeah, yep. assist for Saka. Yeah. Good, good nice assist. assist. So he's had a he's had a good assist out there. Hopefully, confidence builds and he can do some damage against Burnley this weekend. All right, let's. Um, one thing. One thing. So, for for one uh, comeback on the um, on the cutback situation, actually, part of that you'd have to say is also down to whoever's playing up front, because the way that Martinelli is bearing down on goal, his angles are being closed in. You know, you can defend the near post quite narrow the nearer he gets. But part of the way around that would be if you have a striker 
that make smart runs. So they, you know, the ones that are very quick over like half a yard and suddenly they're just knocking balls in first time. And suddenly you go, oh, what a great ball. Well, no, he was doing it again, but you just got a striker that is creating the space to get a shot away. Our, our front players get themselves man-marked in those situations and it looks like, oh, there was no way to get it to him. Well, it was, but why are you standing there? So that was one one thing I'd say with Martinelli. And, and the other is that he... He 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 should be shooting more for sure, and I do think that that's how he gets to that kind of final level. But you said, Matt, you think he plays best with Gabby Jesus, and I, and I do understand why you say that. But I do think that if we are going to get kind of over the line, if there's no solution with Jesus, it's going to be because Saka and Martinelli now step up and go. We're now going to go on a run of ten games, and we're going to bang every week. One of us is going to be going nuts, and. When Trossard plays with them too, I think there seems to be give more opportunity given. It almost demanded. Like, it's got to have to be you guys. Trossard's just linking up. He might score, but you guys are going to have to step up. It's not Jesus going to be hounding for you. And so hopefully, if if we do call upon them, both of these guys after a big game today are going to be ready to step up to the mark. I think all every, what I'm hearing now is that all roads have to lead to a new striker. I'm just getting more and more evidence to that. And I know we're fans of Gavi Jesus. I know we're fans of Eddie and Ketia. But, like, we're missing something, aren't we? Yeah. Especially yeah, I do think I do think we are. But do you... Um, are you guys sold on Ivan Tony? Yes. Are you, like, Ivan Tony out for a big chunk of the season? Would you be happy to see us drop 60, 60 big ones? I don't think oh, no, it'll be Ivan 60. Tony. I think it's going to be 85 to I think it's going to be more than 60. Oh. And I'll pay I think it. you're right. I don't give a shit. I'll pay it. I'll, listen. Yeah. You yeah. convinced? When, when when Declan Rice came up and the, the numbers were being mentioned about, check the logs. I was saying, just pay the money. We need to get the guy in. Look at him. He's unbelievable. William Saliba. I said, we need to do this, guys. It's going to be era-defining. I'm, I'm not necessarily making those declarations with Ivan Tony, but I think he would be top draw for us. And I'm saying, if it's going to cost a reasonable chunk, this might be the chance. We've got, we've got to do something. We don't have a proper striker. I think Ivan Tony can push us to the next level. And I really think it would bring things out of the likes of Saka and Martinelli that we haven't even seen yet. Matt, be- Ivan Tony, 85 mil. Are you writing that check? I am because it's not my money. Um, if it was my money, I'd be having another think about it. I'm not 100% convinced, um, but I think we need to do something. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we'll, we're gonna. Otherwise, we've got another promising season, in my opinion, where we can demonstrate we can progress on two fronts. We can demonstrate different new ways to play. We can show that there's depth in the squad working, but I don't think we're going to get over the line in anything without a new striker. Um, Kylian Mbappe is apparently said no to Madrid. Oh. Well, <laughs> he, he doesn't I mean... play as a nine, though. He plays with Martinelli. So. <laughs> Imagine um, that. No, we're not, we don't need that sort of nine on <laughs> our side. Kylian, you, I'm sorry, mate. Ah, sorry, yeah, Kylian. The reason why I say it as well, guys, to be clear, with Ivan Tony. We have all seen, and I, you know, I'm I'm not suggesting that any of us are like the um, originators of this truth. Everyone is a widely held truth, but we all, when Declan Rice signed, one part of the premium that we were paying for him 
was that he was going to come in and hit the ground running. Now, if he came in and rather like Kai, unfortunately, you know, you still hadn't seen the best of him 13 games in, you might be like, oh, we can't keep doing it. But Declan Rice has not missed a beat. And surely when you've got someone who's been firing in the Premier League, I'm Tony had a great season last year. If he could come in, it's not like he's been sitting there injured, you know, coming back from a cruciate. We know why he's out. And if we had assurances over, you know, his mental well-being and his physical well-being, he could come in, not cup-tied. He'd be playing in the Champions League as well. And I think he's already playing at a top, top European striker level. So, you know what? Sometimes it's not who you want, it's who's available. He would be available and he would be an upgrade on what we have. I would bet my house on that he would be an upgrade on what we have. That's what I would say. I'm getting excited about this conversation. I think that Arsenal are going to sell Aaron Ramsdale in January and they're going to use that money to buy a striker. Which striker? Who knows? But it does feel like Ivan Tony is the front runner because we haven't really been linked to anybody else, have we? And I think Osman, the well, Osman has got got a bit of racial abuse from his own admin at Napoli. They're going to have to get rid of him, right? Like he doesn't want to be there anymore. So, what about um, Victor Osman? Or do you think that that's like? Well, it can't be Man City levels because Man City are not going to sign him. Is is he like a Man United level striker? Like, is is he just too expensive for us? But if a player is unhappy because he's had that sort of treatment, the the Napoli have much choice in the matter. I'd rather have Osman than Tony. Not that I know much about him. <laughs> like, I'm just seeing a few clips, but I like the age profile. I like the sheer number of goals. Um, he's top tier. Six My- goals in ten, Johnny, but a big goal scorer overall. Shot shot Napoli to the title last year. What do you think about him? Listen, he's a great player, but the issue is, it's kind of like it links back to what I was just saying. But we have a window, right? And the reason why I'd be more inclined to spend the money is because we didn't spend the money last year when a lot of us said we should have. And one, whether you attribute it to the fact we didn't spend the money or not, we didn't get over the line. This is another big opportunity. And now we've got two competitions where we could really make an era-defining, you know, success. And when you're that close, sometimes you just got to pony up. And, and, and we can't guarantee that, you know, Tony is going to be better than Osserman or whatever else. But the one worry I have with Osserman is that he's not playing in the, champ- in the Premier League and so if he comes to the league and suddenly goes, oh, do you mind if I have three months to acclimatise? I'm moving country. You know, I've got to make new friends, all of this stuff. You're like, but this is our window, got to make new. I've got to make new friends. I won't be scoring any goals. I've got to make some friends. <laughs> that is how it works, Pete. That is how it That's works. That's where Tony's going. Uh, Tony, Tony already knows the way to North London. Uh, yeah, he's got his mate. He ain't even moving else for fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? He'd have the same bookies. Sorry, that was uncalled for. <laughs> uncalled Crawl, for. Johnny. Crawl. <laughs> All right, let's quickly bounce out of this topic of conversation because Johnny sullied it. Uh, let's talk about the Bakayo Saka show and then the, the little niggly injury that he got after. Oh, let me just talk about a conspiracy. Do you think that maybe he went off because he was nursing an injury, knows there's a two-week break coming up? Maybe not. But, Matt, give me, uh, give me your take on Bakayo Saka 
hadn't uh, hadn't had a contribution since the Chelsea game, uh, which is a long time in Bukayo land. But um, scored a great goal tonight, got an assist. Um, what did you make of that performance? Is he Champions League level? Oh, it's the perfect game for him at home, Champions League. He didn't have two men on him all night. Like it feels like he's got in Premier League now. Every Premier League game, two men all the time. Uh, here he had a bit more space. Um, they wanted a. They didn't really want to play, but um, they weren't sort of low blocking us um, or Newcastling us. So um, yeah, it was a good game for him. He looked sharp. He looked good. You know, he's he's still coming, getting over a little injury, I think. But everything you wanted, I would love it if he went and missed uh, some international duty. But he won't. He'll be he'll be fit for the weekend. Um, and um, and it's another good game for him. We've got this run of six games, I think it is. It's Burnley, it's Brentford, um, it's a bit of Champions League. We've got to win all six. And if we win all six, I think we'll be top of the league. Because I think City have got two tough... They're not going to drop points to Chelsea, but they've got Liverpool. And I could easily see that ending up a draw. So win our six, top of the league. Easy. Johnny Bacayo, Saka... Uh... Delivering a match man of the match performance out there today. What did you make of him? Um, and what do you make of the the little injury? He seems to be going off quite a lot of late. Yeah, I mean the injury is kind of the only thing that I'd be worried about, just because it, it it's it's the kind of medical equivalent, footballing medical equivalent of there's no smoke without fire. If you go off every single game clashing at your legs, eventually, you know something serious will have gone wrong. I don't think he's faking it all the time. But it was a, a real return to form. Listen, one of the biggest no-shows at St. James's Park was Saka. Really quiet game. And he has been guilty of this on a few occasions. And, and listen, no one loves Saka as, more than me. I, I think he's amazing. But, um, you know, it's unfortunate that a player of his age, we expect so much of. But that's the bet he's made by being that good. But there have been a few occasions where in big games he hasn't he's just just not really been there and people point to fatigue or whatever reason it is. But in the Champions League, he really has announced himself this year. And big players like big occasions. And Saka looks like he's really out there trying to I, I don't think he, he's introduced himself to Europe because I think a lot of them will have known him from his international prowess. It's been excellent for England. But um, And also, he's been causing a stink in the Europa League. But now, I think that Saka is about really announcing himself at the top table of European football and saying, I am one of the elite, elite players. And he's scoring goals, he's getting assists. I thought he looked like that hunger and aggression that I want to see. And I keep saying this, it's not aggression like two fitting people. It's give me the ball, let me run that player. Let me run him, let me go again. Let me Let me try and you know, affect the game. And Saka's great for that usually, but there are times where he just doesn't have it. And today he had it. He wanted to terrorise his opposition number and he did it. And once again, the biggest thing you can say about Saka, he affects the final end game. He gets your goals. He gets your assists. It's not empty calories. So really good game once again. Love that. Love that. I was excited to see him get back on the score sheet today. Uh, you know, get a little bit nervous when he hasn't scored a goal for a while. Um, I am a little bit concerned um, about the fitness, but we do have an international break coming up and hopefully um, he doesn't go to that. But I think probably with Matt on that one, there's no doubt. 
Um, let's move on to Johnny. This one's going to be yours. The, this next topic, um, the celebrities, no, celebrities, whatever, whatever, Johnny, you put this in. Um, you are king of the Saliba ultras. You're having another great season. Um, that was an absolutely epic defensive display, despite not really having a lot to do. What he does do, he does with style. He does with power. He does with great technical ability. How good is he, Johnny? And when can we just start saying it? Is he the best defender in the world, Johnny? Um, so this was actually a topic we put in after the Newcastle one because oh, it's just Evergreen, mate. It is just Evergreen. Keep it in. Just keep it in. Evergreen, yeah, just keep yeah. it in. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a weekly check-in. Let's just let's just get up to date on how good William Saliba is this week. Yep, uh, just checked my notes. Still the fucking best. It, it's phenomenal. He's a, he, he's, he, he is an absolute piss taker. You know how I feel about him. Yet again today, causing problems. He did actually give up. Because it's the thing, he gave up an opportunity to them uh, towards the end of the game. He, he didn't handle uh, the long ball very well. But, you know, no one is saying that he doesn't make mistakes. He, he, he can make mistakes. Look at his age profile at the very least. But he doesn't make many. And the stuff that he does do is so far and above what rival, you know, players uh, are just capable of. It's phenomenal. And I'd actually been reminded in the game, so I had to just check up on it, about um, Marcel Desailly's comments on him. Um, And he was basically suggesting that not only Upper Mancano, but also Canate, Liverpool's Canate, were better um, players than Saliba. And Saliba was actually quite average. Like, what have you been smoking, Marcel? Just because you're a phenomenal defender, an all-timer, um, doesn't mean you can talk reckless. Like, oh, yeah, he thinks Virgil van Dijk's... But listen, maybe you're playing FIFA, mate, and you're playing people in the peak of their careers. Van Dijk's over the hill, and there's a new Van Dijk in town, and his name's Bill, and he's playing at a level that we've only seen a few be able to get to. He's phenomenal, and I think he's already the best. Marcel Desailly's obviously got the same PR agency as William Gallas. I get, I get like the the emails in the Lagrove inbox. It's like of all the players that you want to pipe up against, someone from your home country. Are you are you off your rocker, my friend? Outrageous behaviour, um, Matt. Uh, you might have a more uh, a more balanced view of William Saliba, although you are a paid up member of uh, the Saliba Ultras. What did you make of the performance? What do you make of the players' development? And, uh, you know, how far can his career go? I think it's all been said. I don't think I've got anything more to say on Saliba. He's the best in the world. I'm a Saliba ultra. He leads just from the back. He's just epic. Um, But I love the comment that said, you know, about Saliba and Rice. And I think I'd just like to just... We haven't even mentioned Declan Rice today. And the guy's phenomenal. And there was one thing he said in the post-match conference that I hadn't realised because we just totally eradicated the, the existence of that worry, which he goes, team like Arsenal doesn't lose three games in a row. First of all, his PR is fantastic. But, you know, we really, really didn't want to lose three games in a row and there should have been pressure. But what a performance when you've lost the last two games to come out and do that. And it showed that we didn't let the pressure get to us. We didn't let the results get to us. We knew we were doing the right thing on, on Saturday, even if the result didn't go our way. And we just battered that away. Because make no mistake, losing in three competitions, three separate competitions in a row, is panic stations. 
and they just swatted it aside. And a lot big part of that is mentality, and a big part of that is Declan Rice. So um, him, I've had a couple of Newcastle fans reach out after the last game and said, you know, they were trying to pretend that they deserved it. But they also said, wow, Saliba and Rice, those two, unreal. And um, and I think I think they are. Matt, that's why Johnny is king of the Saliba ultras. If I'm asking you questions about Saliba, you can't you can't put a, a portion of rice in there, my friend. Um, <laughs> Just yeah, a little side I'm, of I'm, rice. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that Johnny, Johnny does the Saliba bit so well. There's almost no point in me jumping in. Um, I think the, the the main thing that I've been watching with him this season is just the fitness. I feel like he's got more powerful. He's more in control. Um, he looks even stronger than he did before. But yeah, the, I, I somebody asked in the comments what price tag would you put on him, and I, I don't see how you're getting change out of 150 million. That age, that experience, that consistency. Like he is just unbelievable. God bless Don Raul, who signed him at 18 years old when we didn't have any centre-backs for the first team. So we suffered for three or four years because of that ridiculous decision, but what a great decision it is now. God, give him a sainthood. Give him a sainthood. He's probably got that on his CV, isn't he? Right at the top. <laughs> Found yeah. Saliba. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. his LinkedIn. Um, but no, uh, look... The, the thing with regards to, you know, you said about how much he would cost. I know this is just a mental scrimmage anyway. It's not seriously. But the reality is big clubs don't sell players like this. He may say at some point, I want to go for a new challenge. But this is not the kind of player you ever try and cash in on. He, you appreciate the time he is with you and you try and get as much shine out of him because he's a superstar. He's an absolute superstar. If you can't, if you look at this guy and you can't see it, football's not for you. This is, it's just that simple. He does everything to a level that there, there aren't many parallels. He is, he is, uh, you know, you could, there's danger of going too far of it. He is, look, as I say, he's the best defender in the world. And I don't think I'm bullshitting. Johnny going too far on Saliba hyperbole since day <laughs> one. I uh, love to see it. All right. Um, Zinchenko has been training as a as a as rumoured to have been training as a number eight. Um, he played in midfield today. I thought he did really well. Um, Johnny, what did you make of Zinchenko's appearance in midfield? And considering his defensive frailties, some of the mistakes that have been creeping into his game, and the emergence of Tommy Asu as an amazing left back, should we be considering a bit more Zin in midfield? Yeah, so so we've kind of, you know, browsed over this in recent weeks, recent pods, but I think this is really gathering uh pace now and and it's it's one of my preferred options actually. Um the reason why I don't necessarily um think it's an absolute emergency we have to do it is because it was a really good performance from Jorginho today, I thought. I mean, his contribution for the first goal was excellent. Um, and in general, when you're playing up against this level of opposition, he can clearly do it. But Zinchenko does add something different to Jorginho if he was going to play in there with um, Declan Rice. And I think that from a more creative point of view, we saw today how effective it can be when someone will play those slide rule passes, splitting fullbacks, Give Saka or Martinelli the ball in stride early and they will cause nightmares. And when you look at how toothless we've been at times in our attack, 
that's the kind of penetrative passing that we have missed out on in recent times. So I feel like Zinchenko may actually fulfil that role a little bit better than Jorginho has. Maybe today shows that Jorginho can do it and will kick on. I'm not saying he can't, but arguably Zinchenko is more suited to it. And I just like the idea of him playing with no defensive responsibility because up to now we've seen him when he does and he is just a liability. So I don't want to see him playing at at left back unless there's injury concerns. And I think midfield is, is a serious option for him now. Matt Sinchenko, training is an eight coming on as a six. Um, what do you think about his future in midfield? Do you like it? I like players who can play in different positions, and so does Mikel Arteta. I think Tommy Yassi's made that left back spot his own, but the thing about Tommy Yassi is he's injury prone. And then today he's gone off. So it doesn't really matter whether Zinchenko can play well and do do well there. I think he's going to be starting at left back on the weekend. Because if Tommy Yasu's got a little niggle, I don't think he's going to be better in three days. And I actually think that Burnley's the perfect game at home for Zinchenko to play. Because I don't think, I think he can handle it. So um, so I'm, I'm glad that we have the options. But what I'd really, really like is for us to get some players back fit and get that party, Erdegaard, Rice, midfield, up and running. Although it may not happen uh, for a while. But I think Zinchenko can do it. But I also think we've seen how few times he's played there that it's going to be a last resort. Lovely. All right, boys. Well, we've done 48 minutes on a Wednesday night. Uh, Johnny, thanks for staying up despite being ill. Matt, thank you for not mentioning your immense achievement of running the New York Marathon in a very good time. Congratulations on that front. And thank you to everybody that stayed up and spent some time with us listening to this podcast. We absolutely love you. We appreciate Um, all of the support that you've been giving us over the last few months. And we will be back at the weekend for the last On The Whistle before the end or before the start of the international break. And make sure you sign up to our patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal Opinion because we've got really good Before The Whistle podcasts and we'll be coming out with some of those. And I guess on that note, I'm going to have to load up the outro music, say ciao for now, and make sure you give us a five-star review. Ciao for now. Podcast Network.